Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Deconstructing the MCU. Phase 2, we have already done Iron Man 3 and we are on to the second film, which is funny because once I finished Thor The Dark World, Iron Man 3 popped up on my like, you might enjoy this one next. And I'm like, ha, Beach 2 at Disney Plus, I just watched I've it. I've already seen it. That's right. <laughs> With me as always is Brett the Animal, Eitzen. That's right. Call me, I don't know, what's the massive dark elf creature in this movie cursed With call me call me cursed <laughs> <sighs> yeah man tonight's drink is we are celebrating the infinity stone with a really pretty looking amber red it's not yeah, as red as i think i'd like it to be it, it doesn't quite pull off the this is like the reality stone red but right. at the same time like it's red yeah it, it looks pretty good and it's a concoction of uh, liquors and cranberry juice that so I don't many care things. to remember. So <laughs> many so things. You could just look at our Twitter and see the yeah. recipe on there. Yeah. But Should we cheers and try it? Down. Hopefully it's better than last uh, episode. <laughs> better. That's dangerous. That's good. Ooh. It tastes like cranberry juice. It really does. <laughs> Surprisingly, with as much alcohol as we put in there. It's a lot of amaretto. Maybe that's I'm, what's giving it like the sweetness. Yeah, that could be. That could be. Yeah. All right, so that's our drink, and now, all right, it's Brett again. What is the, uh, what's the state of the world? Or I guess we did state of the world last time. Yeah, what's so the... Thor the Dark World came out in 2013, yeah. much like Iron Man 3. It kind of... <laughs> Almost exactly like Iron Man 3. You know, I don't know, there was maybe a few, no, exactly <laughs> the same kind of world scenario, so we're not, we won't talk as much about that. Um, but we, what I do want to talk about, though, is that there was quite a bit of drama around the production of this movie okay this part isn't as much a drama but i just thought i thought it was interesting marvel approached uh kenneth brana after again the, for, the, okay. the first thor to yeah. direct this one and he uh he politely turned it down interesting. uh they had also had conversations with patty jenkins about this Patty Jenkins, like Wonder Woman. Yeah, Patty Jenkins. Yeah, yeah, that Patty Jenkins. Okay. Yeah, and it was uh, ultimately couldn't come to kind of like a you know the creative disagreements. Of course. Feel supposedly Natalie Portman was real upset by the fact that Patty was not brought on. Oh, she was very excited to work with Patty Jenkins. Sounds like her. Yeah. Just with yeah. her history, as we get into like Ragnarok mm -hmm. and other movies. Yep. Yeah. Yep. There was also a version of the script. That did not really have Loki in it. Oh. It was rewritten a bit after Avengers, okay, because of the popularity of Tom Hiddleston uh, and that character. It was like sexy we gotta, guy. we gotta get him in this more, right? Make him more of a player in here. Mm -hmm. This movie was directed by Alan Taylor. I got pulled up. Who's done such stuff as Terminator Genesis? Oh which yeah, I think the it's the most recent. Right, uh, Dark Fate, I think is Dark the most Fate. Yeah, you're Genesis right, you're right. is the one with Christian Bale. I haven't seen anything past two. I don't know. I don't think yeah. Genesis was that well received. It sounds like <laughs> most of the recent Terminator movies. Yeah, that's so. true. That's true. He also did more recently the Many Saints of Newark, which mm -hmm. is the prequel to The Sopranos. Which was, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty just it's just a straight up gangster movie. Yeah, and as someone who doesn't watch The Sopranos but went and saw that, it, I, I enjoyed my time. Good. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, no, you're fine. Yeah, Alan Taylor did come on board to this, directed it pretty much, had a lot of creative freedom, surprisingly, okay. but was famously, he claimed he was 
locked out of the editing suite oh, in post-production wow. and said that the studio turned it into a very different movie than what he had shot. Um, there were, there's all, look, there's always going to be reshoots, but there were, you know, pretty significant reshoots and a number of the actors kind of were vocal on like being unhappy with how long they had to do reshoots. Yeah. So yeah, a little bit of, a little bit of drama there. Yeah. Has that happened yet? Do you think? With the, with our like phase one and Iron Man three, I don't think so. We hear way more about things like that happening in like DC world. Yeah. And, and less so in Marvel, but look, This thing, as we get further and further into it, Mm -hmm. the MCU, there's going to be more and more, I don't know, mandates from the studio as they they do their best to, you know, kind of do what they think keeps the audience happy, Mm -hmm. people coming out, making these movies billion dollar movies. Right. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, that's what makes the stock price go up. Yeah. So it makes the dollar dollar bills in their in their pockets go, yay! Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know if there there wasn't really any public fussing about okay. it in the yeah. MCU yet. I don't think we may have mentioned something on a previous episode, and I've completely forgotten about it. I don't know that there's been a lot of public outcry so far. Yeah, and I think you know Iron Man three and Thor: The Dark World back to back are kind of regarded as the like bottom tier MCU mm-hmm. movies. However, I wonder if maybe the reason they are considered that, or maybe that they're forgotten about or whatever, is because of how big of a success Avengers 1 is yeah. or was. Yeah. That, you know, they had some wiggle room to like, these aren't going to be as big. We're, they're kind of, you know, whatever. Let's just get them, get them done and get them out. Well, as much as, you know these movies have had success on their own Mm -hmm. the avengers really is this kind of turning point to like okay this is how we bring everything together yeah and so yeah these they're gonna have their little own little avengers but like you don't hire shane black to just make a run-of-the-mill superhero movie right? right you hire shane black because you're shane black now i'm not convinced alan taylor was they're obviously not their first choice. Sure. I think, you know, Kenneth Branagh, he has um, experience in there. Come back. They had they had a, you know, fairly good reception with Favreau from mm-hmm. Iron Man 1 to Iron Man 2. Yeah. You could have that kind of thing. Patty Jenkins, kind of a up-and-coming director at the time. Yeah. Certainly could hold her own um, at, the, at, at then and, and can now. So I think Alan Taylor is probably... He had some vision. Mm-hmm. They said, okay, go for it. And by the time they had shot the movie, it was, well, I don't know if we trust this vision anymore. Yeah. I, this is That's all speculation on my part. But yeah. Well, and, you know, it, we're kind of, it, it sounds mysterious the way that we're talking about it, but it could be something as simple as, like, you know, just the dialogue wasn't great and they didn't like the way, like, the villain portrayed it out, but or to as bad as maybe he killed some major players. Yeah. You know, and so we we don't know and we'll never know. We'll never you know? really know. One other thing we do know about this production was that Christopher Eccleston hated doing this. Like, who, more who so... Who did he play? He was um, Malekith. Malekith? Malekith okay. the Dark Elf. Yeah. Or the... 
cursed or whatever his yeah. little name is. But yeah, famously of like Doctor Who fame. Very prominent British actor at the time. I, I don't think he's done all that much since. Not that, yeah. not that he's like a bad actor, but, you know, famously was like, Marvel misled me in terms of like oh. what this character was going to be mm-hmm. and like how long it would take. A little bit like Christian Bale in Thor Love and Thunder. Mm. Like he was just in the makeup chair for like six hours a yeah. day. Yeah. I don't know anyone who really signs up to do that. I, I, I get Maybe I Jim Carrey and the Grinch. Yeah, but. sure, sure. <laughs> there, 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 I think there are character actors who do, who play monsters often enough who are in makeup that much, but he was unhappy with that. He was unhappy with the, the movie. At the end of the day, it was just like, I did it for the money. Yeah. And yeah. and honestly, I, I think a lot of that shows in his performance. Yeah. We'll get more into that as right. we as we get into it, but that's kind of a little bit of the, there was, this is maybe the one that had the most drama running, roll, you know, rolling into it. Yeah, yeah. Certainly since at least Hulk. Yeah. The Incredible Hulk had a little bit. Mm-hmm. This had a lot more. Right, right. Well, we do, we had a pretty similar cast from the first movie. Yep. Uh, a lot of returning players. A lot. Except for, and I did find him. I caught him. Caught him this I, time. I did it the first, I was looking for the friends. Uh-huh. And couldn't really tell. And then there's a moment where he turns and faces the camera front forward. I was yep. like, that's Zachary Levi. Yep. What's he doing here? <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Sure enough, the Shazam himself. Yeah, he's recast as Fandral. Mm-hmm. And a little bit more of a major part. Yeah, he in had this. more lines than I remember. Yeah. I, he may have he has as many, if not more, than like Lady Sif, who and that like blows my mind. Like I get that he's a bigger actor than yeah. than she is, but still like I think she's a more prominent character yeah. in this series. Right. Even after the first you know, even in this one, they're like this is maybe a love interest thing. Like we're gonna do it when they don't. They like they hint at it and they stay away from it, which I'm fine with. But yeah. yeah, I just thought that was that was an interesting choice. Yeah, the other characters we don't really have a lot to say about. I mean, no, the only one re- I guess really a note you already mentioned Christopher Eccleston is Malekith. Mm-hmm. and then I guess Adewal Akinuye Agbaje, mm-hmm. I think, as the curse. But yeah, other than that, bunch of names I don't recognize. But every, pretty much everyone comes back. Um, mm-hmm. I think the only real... Look, I, as much as Christopher Eccleston may have disliked this role, I, I still think he's better in this movie than whoever played Darcy's intern. Yeah. I, that was such a non-needed role. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm sure he did what he could with the material he was given, but I yeah. don't think that was necessary. Right. Yeah, this movie... It started, and I was a little more intrigued this time around than I remember being. I was like, this has some like major Lord of the Ring vibes. Yeah. I'm digging some of the design decisions. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the, the production design is, is really good. Yeah. I'm liking the costuming. And it just, it goes downhill so quick. <laughs> so what, I'm curious, what exactly goes downhill for you? Is, is it like... Is it more creative decisions? Is it the story? Is it technical aspects? I think it's it's more story. Okay. It is the, we set up this big villain. Mm-hmm. And I think this works in something like Lord of the Rings because it's an epic, it's a three-part story. Yeah. There's like this momentum to it. Yeah. And in here, it's like we set up the villain, we give you the MacGuffin, 
And then we really do just like kind of trudge through what we think should be important. Like, yeah, we're going to, we're kind of actually kind of focus on Jane Foster for a bit Mm -hmm. and like her dating life and where's Thor. And then we jump over here and, you know, I I like the stuff where Thor is kind of doing his deal to save the nine realms. after. Yeah. 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 (laughs) That stuff's, that stuff's fine. Yeah. Really, honestly, the second act, I don't mind at all, but I think the first act really struggles to get going. To get going. And we establish that there's this evil Malekith, and then it just disappears. Yeah, yeah. And that can be menacing in a, in a way, but especially when you realize he's just been asleep and waiting for the MacGuffin to awaken. Right. Yeah. Then it's just like, okay. Yeah. Okay, R2-D2, I see you turn on <laughs> at the end of The Force Awakens. Why? I don't know, yeah, but you did. Yeah. <laughs> right. So that, I mean... That's really where it falls apart for me. I think that we will talk. We have already talked about this with other <laughs> Marvel movies, and we will continue to talk about it. These movies are constantly trying to do too much. Yeah, and in this one, it's it's very obvious that they they're trying to do stuff, and they just drop. Like I talked about the love triangle thing mm. with Sif. Like they yeah. drop that so fast. Yeah, does it even need to be in there? The stuff with look, Kat Dennings is is a fine actress. I think what she does as Darcy is funny for the most part. Yeah. I don't need nearly... Look, and this is one of the shorter Marvel movies, and I still feel like there's too much of her in there. Yeah, yeah. So that plus like a a really... I think the third act's pretty bland. I agree. Um, For as much action as is in it, yeah, yeah, it it falls pretty flat. But the second... Actually, the second act is by far my favorite part of this movie. I think I'd agree. So... Yeah. Yeah. I agree. For me, I think it's more the technical aspects Mm. are what kind of... There's a lot of... I, I call them on here plot conveniences. Yes. Like, they just happen to work, and it, it like we don't know as the audience how this stuff works or like how it's supposed to, and they don't give us an explanation, so we have to take it at face value. And, I mean, to, to give you an entertaining piece of media, it's fine, you know? But yeah. if you think about it for more than a second even, it's kind of like, okay, it, it just makes it feel weak. That's what happens is you have too many plot holes or conveniences or whatever and then your your plot the story feels thin and yeah. it, it gets you know you start to get some weak chains in there so uh, you know i thought malikis was fine for the most part he's just kind of he's pretty one-dimensional he's yeah. just always i must attain my goal <laughs> kind of thing and you know which is fine thor actually i think is the most interesting in this installment he's so much more he's he's he has improved significantly since the first one in my opinion and and i think having him in the avengers helped that yeah establishing some of that like really how he you know him and loki in that relationship Mm. um especially when loki becomes the bad guy not just the you know mischievous little you know i'm gonna like (laughs) send i'm gonna send a robot down there like it's not directly at you but like yeah instead it's this okay well here's someone who really does want the throne is very conniving but at the same time does seem to have some level of brotherly love and 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 i think how Chris Hemsworth acts against that is really well well done. Yeah. I think, especially with Loki, I he's got a lot of good dialogue in this. Yes. And I think he I think he delivers it really well. Some of them, you know, if if he would have done it just a little bit differently, 
would have been super cheesy. There, yeah. There's a line where, oh, Loki says, like, you don't trust me. And then Thor says, how can I trust you? And then there's a beat. And Loki says, trust my rage. Yeah. And, like, that is, had it been done by anybody else, that I would have been like, okay. Right, <laughs> like, you know? right, right, but, right. But he delivers it really, really well. Yeah. And, you know, I think I get mesmerized a little bit, which is, I was looking forward to this conversation, because I think I get mesmerized a little bit by pretty dialogue. Sure. Uh, and there's a lot of that in this. The dialogue, I think, is really pretty strong. It's an it's a nice step up. It feels unique and Thor, Thorian. Or, yeah. Or it, but, but not as cheesy Shakespearean as, like, the first, first one. one. Yeah, yeah. I so, agree. yeah, I would, I would echo that. Like, I don't think, I don't think for the most part the dialogue is bad i think there are some performances where it's not delivered real well sure yeah especially but, with the side characters yeah uh, but yeah i think you know from our main players thor odin jane foster loki even zachary levi <laughs> yeah that you know they and zachary levi even totes the line pretty hard in this between like i'm the goofy comedy guy yeah and, like i'm the serious rapier wielding fencer guy right and so <laughs> That's kind of interesting. But. It is. So I wrote down because I thought you might have the same opinion. Exposition opening. Yeah. 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 It, look, it, again, I, and it, and it, go, it plays into the, my, what I said earlier about it. It kind of feels like Lord of the Rings. It's yeah. like, here's this history lesson. You know, as, as much as I dislike aspects of the next Thor, and I know, we say this every time, we're not going to talk about the future, but I'm going to talk about the future movies, damn it. <laughs> Ragnarok does an excellent job of providing you a history lesson in the context of the story that really impacts the characters. And that is so much more appreciated by me mm-hmm. versus something like this where it's like, let me catch you up real quick. <laughs> <laughs> there was a war. There was a MacGuffin. We killed the bad guy. We thought we killed the bad guy. He got away. And we hid the MacGuffin. Right? And then that's... It's pretty imagery. Yeah, I think it's it's really well done um, yeah. visually, but it's not interesting to listen to. Right, it's not a fun way to digest information. And as soon as they hit the that very tropish line of bury it deep somewhere yeah. no one will ever find it. <laughs> yeah, when has yes. that ever worked in the history of anything? <laughs> Never. Like yeah, and so they kind of had me. Like you said earlier, it's very Lord of the Rings. It's very you know. We see Asgardian, like the old, like kind of like the the old Republic. Uh, mm-hmm. We see the the old Asgardians, and it's cool. I thought I thought King Braun, I think is his name, looked looked pretty dope. He's got the like ram helmet yeah. thing, and yeah. Uh, and then you know we see a big CGI cave with the reality stone, uh, the Aether. Is that what the Aether? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or uh, Aether. Yeah, I think it is Aether. Whatever it is, the red glowy stuff. <laughs> That looks terrible. That's, There's some of that time. That's <laughs> definitely not an infinity stone, but is an infinity. It's definitely not a stone, but it is an infinity stone. I, like, I, I don't actually have a problem with that, other than I don't quite understand how its whole thing is that it's going to destroy the universe. Mm-hmm. Like, that's its nature. But how does that make it the reality stone? That's never... I don't think it's explained well. And I get that they don't really call it the reality stone right. in this installment. Yeah. I don't know. The vagueness of how that works mechanically did bother me more than I thought it would. Okay. 
Do you think that was from having knowledge of later movies? Maybe. I try to I try to set that aside when I watch these sure, things. Yeah. For me, I think it was more of like a ah, we needed another world-ending MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. It's just what it felt like. Whereas something like the Tesseract, mm-hmm. it has interesting application, right? It's yeah. this it's unlimited energy is not in and of itself destructive right it is to a certain degree but that's not its nature its nature is not destructive its nature is very passive and it's how do we as people or as guardians or whatever like either try and harness it and use it or you know for good or for ill (laughs) i don't know like it they also play around with the fact that it it is the space stone and that it allows people to teleport Right, right i thought it would have been interesting in this movie if the ether would have, you know, manipulated reality in a way that maybe it seemed like things were getting destroyed, but they weren't, right. or I don't know, it, it just seemed like an uninteresting, I think, uh, artifact. Yeah, I think you would have to completely redo this plot if you wanted to, because I was yeah. as you were talking, I was kind of thinking of the same of the same thing. Like, how do we how do we make it that? I think you have to make it like it's the cradle of creation or it's the cradle of, you know, kind of Indiana Jones-esque. Like, you know, and you can't get close to it because it's constantly projecting things out around it. And and you could even keep it the weird liquid version of it where, like, you know, it's maybe this island somewhere in space and... Or a planet, even, and mm-hmm. all all of the planet instead of water feeds off of. The, so there's, I think, if you were to do something more akin to the creation aspect, that's the route you have to go with. To be fair, though, looking ahead, we never really, except for the What If series, and I'm very excited to talk about the What If series. Sure. Except for that, we never get to see the Reality Stone be anything more than like a party trick. Yeah. You know, it's used as like illusion magic, basically. It's it's used in the exact same way that Loki does half of his stuff. Exactly. Which is weird because it's like... It's, it's, Loki just has that naturally, yeah. and it's also one of the Infinity Stones' powers. Right. I don't know. <laughs> and I, I mean, but and like I said, and that's why in the What If series, I think it was used more because he, yeah. you know. Anyway, no. What what bugs me the most, and uh, again, things where if we think about it for more than a second, we're like, what is happening? Jane Foster gets teleported immediately to it. <laughs> so there goes your bury it deep. Keep a secret, right? Keep it safe, kind of thing. Oh and my so, goodness! Yeah, and then the movie has to get started. Yeah. So who's gonna find it? You know, and uh, anyway, yeah, the yeah. You, you mentioned things like plot convenience, and and really, the first act kind of just happens, and then it's plot convenience. She finds the ether at the exact same moment. Thor's like talking to Heimdall, and Heimdall's like, I can't see her anymore. <laughs> yeah. And so he's like, okay, I'm going to send you via the Bifrost to exactly where she's at, even <laughs> right. though I can't see her. Yeah, yeah. And then it's right back up to Asgard. Yeah. Which, at this point, I think the movie actually starts getting good. Which, Bifrost is fixed, apparently. Yeah, yeah we... you know, it's been... I think they said it's been two years. Yeah, so, it's been, it'd been you know, a minute. They've got, they've got some time, but it is a little bit of a... It does feel a little bit of a reset, especially with Loki being back, mm-hmm. the Bifrost being fixed. It, that said, we come back to a, a very different 
Asgard. Yeah. Visually, I really love the look of this one. I, I don't know too. if you they, noticed. Improved, noticed yeah. if, did you notice Heimdall's armor wasn't all plasticky shiny? Well, I was gonna say. You know what's funny is I was I was specifically looking for it this time. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know what Brett's talking about. This armor looks fine to me. It looks fine to this yeah. one. It's just the first one. Yeah. I think it helps. There's you know there's a moment where he comes to talk to Thor and he takes his helmet off and yeah. it, it just it hits the table. Yeah. And so I thought. Adding that little, how does it feel? How what does it sound like? Adding that stuff helps us envision kind of. Asgard feels like a much realer place in well, this one. What's funny to, is I think it feels better. It looks more magicy than it did sciency from the first one. Sure, me. yeah, yeah. Because I think in the first one, when they do the Bifrost stuff, there's all this electricity, electricity crackling. Yes, and. In this one, it's just a bunch of cogs. Yeah. And I guess you could say, like, they're improving, and that thing was already a thousand years old, and so... It was about time to rebuild it anyway, right? Like, modernization needs to happen. We're waiting for something to happen to us so we can write off the insurance, and then... (laughs) (laughs) But it's okay. They still have, uh, you know, sailboat spaceships. Right, yeah, yeah. Those are... They do on the water, but can fly through the air as well, so why don't you... Anyway. (laughs) Like it's a unique, it's a, and I don't hate it honestly. Yeah, it it just looks it just looks funny, right? It, no. But it, but it's fine. It, I get it's that very it's, like Treasure Planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, we need a live action Treasure Planet. <laughs> Man, why is Eric Selvig naked? <laughs> we never talk about it. It's just like this this grown man is naked in, in that Stonehenge. Back to you, Janet, and then no one ever addresses it. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not wearing pants later, so you know that's kind of a follow up. <laughs> well, and even with that man, and he, so he, this is the third time we've seen him. He was in Thor one. Yep, he was in Avengers. Avengers and as he's a, here. Yeah, and I, I guess you could make the argument that like being mind controlled by Loki, like that's kind of what I chalk it up to. But Hawkeye's fine. No, yeah, no one else really has that. Yeah, so and he has this like bag of medications apparently, and. So I, I was just, that was a little, conf- a little, I think at the end of the day, actually, what I was thinking when I was watching this, I think there's a lot of stuff in here that is like testing humor. Mm. Like we're, we're trying to, we're testing the audience to see what kind of humor they dig. Yeah. Do they like the kind of toilet humor, naked guy running around in public? Do they like the kind of romantic Oh, they just suddenly appear and they're kissing and it's kind of awkward. Mm. Do they like the funny banter from Frangle? And and so I think this movie feels like a test yeah. to see what audiences are going to react to it moving forward. Yeah. Because nowadays, you know, we talk about MC humor and it's this very like set thing. Like if you think of an MCU joke, you can, you know, and there's even, I would argue there's even some movies, maybe even in this series of Thor movies, mm-hmm. where it's like, we say something funny and then we wait for a laugh, or we even smile because it was a punchline in the movie. Right. Uh, so I'm wondering if we're get if this is like the first step in that direction. Could be, and you know, looking looking back and knowing what we know about, and what we know is not a lot, but <laughs> taking what has been said about how. The director was not really directly involved with the editing of this movie. Right. I could see how something like that may have been a little bit bigger of a storyline and 
maybe there was stuff filmed and maybe it was like, well, we can't, we're not going to use all of this. We don't like, we don't like all that, but like we filmed at Stonehenge. Yeah. And it, let's, let's see if it works. And maybe even they paid money to right. film there. And, right. You know, I don't know. Yeah. It, it does. It's a weird feeling thing. There's, there are some, um, there's some moments, there's a moment. Oh, I love it. It's such a small little thing. And it, and it ended up being improv um, by Chris Hemsworth. Yes! There's, at the beginning Wait. of the oh. third act, when they walk into the apartment, uh-huh. he hangs up Mjolnir on, like, a coat rack. And it's just, like, this little thing that he was just, like, after walking in ten times, mm-hmm. he just decided to do it. And, yeah. like, this is the thing that, like, the Hulk can't pick up. But, it, but it, you can just rest it right there right. on the coat rack. <laughs> I thought it worked great. That's cool when that happens. It, yeah. It, it, I think that shows that, you know, we talked a lot in the first installment, Chris Hemsworth isn't necessarily the best actor in the world. Uh, in this one, he's a lot more comfortable in, in the Thor shoes, yes. I feel like. And allows him to do things like that and have it feel natural. And you know. Well, and it, I think it feels good having him at this point where he's he's kind of past the ego phase. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime someone is intentionally... You know, kind of, kind of got to be the, the, the dick, the jock, the yeah. whatever it is. Like that's his, that is his character arc in the first one. So I get that. Yeah. Um. It. it I, I don't know. It, especially if you're not an experienced or, or seasoned actor, I I think that can come off feeling really icky. Sure. And and that's more how I would describe that performance in the first one. And this one though, you know, he's he's fallen in love. Mm-hmm. He's figured out that it's not about him mm-hmm. and it's not about earning the the throne in that way but it's about doing what's right it's about you know protecting right. the nine realms and like that's his duty protecting jane when he figures out that she's been infested by the ether yeah his performance is made better by the fact that he is a, a more humble character yeah yeah i agree i actually thought in the previous thing we talked about you said Chris, and I got excited because mm. I thought you were going to bring up the Chris Evans cameo. That is a great cameo. It's top tier, man. It is. It's like, if I could get just one more of those level of cameos, I would trade in a hundred Stanley cameos <laughs> just to get one more of those, man. It And I don't know if that was scripted or what, but Chris Evans just drops in like it's nothing. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. yeah. He... he he plays Loki playing him right. so well. Yeah, yeah. So well. And it's just this quick little thing, but yeah. it and worked very, very well. A little musical montage flips. We kind of get a subtle Captain America theme. And yeah. Yeah. But speaking of cameos, Stanley is an old man in a nursing home. In a nurse. Yeah. 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 The I guess there was a there was a reason for that's the whole reason Selvig had to go to the insane mm-hmm. asylum. It's just so they could get, get Stanley. I, no, I God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> right. That would have been hey, look, it's a I I remember all of these cameos way fonder than I'm enjoying them. I'm not enjoying them nearly as much on rewatch. Yeah. And I don't know why. I wonder if it's because it was like a game. Like you would I go to the theater, right. and it's like, where, where is he? Where going? is he? It's like, well, it's like a big Where's Waldo. Yep. You know, and yep, and that it's, you know, we've all kind of already seen. You know, Iron Man two happens, and no one recognizes him because we all think it's actually Larry David. Yeah. And then 
uh, you know, a, a couple of them I think so far have been like blink and you miss it type mm-hmm. ones. So I think they've maybe are figuring out. Okay, we need to have him in the shot. He needs to say something, and you know, and I'm interested. I'm kind of hoping one of us will in our in our state of the world stuff stumbles across it. There was, you know, toward the end, anyway, it seemed like there was maybe a little bit of drama there mm. in terms of Stanley's willingness to want to keep doing them. Yeah. Marvel making some strange deals to, like, use his likeness for mm. future stuff. Some post-mortem things. And anyway, so yeah, I'm, I'm hoping one of us will stumble across that as yeah. we keep going. But Yeah. Yeah. Every, everyone's relationship with the MCU changes a little bit over time yeah, for better or worse. And especially as you age, I think you tend to see how maybe you don't see it. And maybe that's the problem, how corporations are willing to kind of use and abuse you. Even if you are the poster child for it. (laughs) So yeah, I want to talk real quick about the second act. Yeah, sure. Why I think I enjoy it. I don't, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I think, Again, we get to see the Dark Elves finally. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, we were teased in the beginning. Mm-hmm. We had this rest of this first act, which is all smoke and mirrors, <laughs> teleporting portals and, yeah. and whatnot. And then it's like, okay, we have this freaking cool ship that like is out of Alien almost. Yeah, it, and it looks good. It looks good. Yeah. Come in, like, just ram right on into asgard i think their little fighter ships are really unique yes I agree. um pretty very, cool looking very like tie fighter-esque yeah. in the way they they spin they, around and they move, move. Yeah. yeah definitely not in shape they're right. very long they're and blades, skinny basically. but yeah how they it's 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 very well done yeah um the prison break i think is is pretty good yeah it's like okay we have a guy planted on the inside it's a little weird how it gets started but <laughs> yeah a little a little bit but we do get to see curse cur- cur- cursed cursed yeah. cursed with a k um <laughs> be kind of a badass and yeah and beat up a bunch of asgardians Just throw someone's head into a <laughs> force field and yeah yeah that's a yeah it seems like they could work on their security if it's just pure strength. Yeah. Gets well, there. and then well, and that's a I didn't write it down, but that, that's another plot convenience thing of like because yeah. then he just goes around and taps them. Yeah. And then they, and then they you know, and yeah. <laughs> I I speaking of the curse, I, I do I really dug the when we first see it mm-hmm. in the in the opening um, yeah battle is really cool when he transforms is really cool and when he gets got is really cool yeah hit the costume kind of weighed on me a little bit mm-hmm. as we went on it felt more like guy in a big rubber suit yeah rather than it like he's this like you know smoking out like because and i think that's such a cool idea that they he they wear this helmet because the the armor and then the person like meld together and mm-hmm. become this whole other thing. It's very Resident Evil Four. If anyone <laughs> knows what I'm talking about, there, the game, not the movie. I really dig that. But yeah, like I said, you know, by the time we get done on the actual Dark World, whatever J name it's called, yeah, Fell or Fire, whatever Heim at Heim. the end of it, yeah. yeah. By the time we get to the end of that part, um, or at least when Malaketh leaves i'm kind of like okay this guy feels just like a dude wearing a suit yeah yeah Yeah. and it was yeah and then he is kind of taken out then and it's and it's you know his parts his part's been played yeah and that's and that's fine yeah um 
I thought the stuff with Frigga um, was really good. Yeah. Uh, and she I, fight, that fight is good too. I yeah. dig I dig that fight with her holding the blade backward and Yeah. 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 It was that was a nice little moment. Um her protecting Jane. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a nice contrast from, you know, how Odin is tr- going to treat her, you yeah, know, right. like he has zero yeah. <laughs> empathy at that <laughs> but then there's the it's not really a prison break, but they have to escape, so they steal yeah. the ship. Yeah. They, you know, the each heist. of each of them. Yeah, yeah. the heist. They, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. The heist each, with Natalie Portman being the yeah, <laughs> yeah, the thing. Yeah, but yeah, and then it and then it ends on the weird, dark, sandy planet. Like you said, the really the I think the really the only cool thing in that is there's uh, there's two cool things. The first is the little bait and switch with Loki. Mm-hmm. It worked for me. Yeah. Um, I think it's good. It feels like it is a proper betrayal, and then it's like, okay, yes, yeah, he's he's he didn't like yeah. it, that was all part of the plan, uh, and then the freaking awesome grenade. Yes, the, that is a du- <laughs> and they really show that off a yes. lot. In this. <laughs> yep, like <laughs> the, the black hole black grenades hole grenade, are sweet. Yeah. Yes, they're um, very cool. But then it, but then we get back to plot convenience land where yeah. it's like, okay, they're trapped. And we're going to get a phone call in the middle of a cave. Yeah. And then we're going to walk through the magic portals again. And thank you, Convergence. We're back on Earth. Right. right. And, and then and then there's the third act. And it, I mean, other than the ship showing up and looking really cool over London. Yeah. Again, I think it kind of falls apart again. Yeah. Well, and for me, with the, the, all that kind of final in battle, number one, Cursed knocks the hammer out of the way, mm-hmm. which... Continuity stuff there, you know, take it or leave it, whatever. I do have, it's another one of those things, you know, you said plot convenience land to get back to Earth, but to get to the Dark World, there's a cave on yeah uh, on Asgard, Asgard that can just, because it, it looks like the Bifrost, they fly through it and it starts to rainbow up and yep. it looks real, you know, and then they're just there. And I tell you what, as much as I hate it, Loki's little... Ta-da. Yeah. It takes me out every single time. That's it's so good. Yeah, so like there's that. So getting there is also kind of like, okay, like we'll just assume that. A they... lot of the travel in this mm-hmm. movie is like we're not really gonna we're we'll worry about that later. Yeah. And it's okay, well we're gonna they like they have magic things. Magic him over there. Magic yeah. him over there. Yeah, yeah. For a place that was incredibly hard to get in and out of. It seems like it's actually pretty easy to get in and out of Asgard. Even in the next movie, it's right. just like, okay, we're going to be there. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. And you know, I I can forgive the portals pretty well until there's two things that happen that I'm like, okay, that we're taking it too far. Yeah. The first one is the birds are flying and they do the murmuration. So yeah. So little aviation lesson there. But, uh, <laughs> or whatever the bird study is called. They fly through a portal and then the portal is beneath their feet, and they the birds fly, fly up. out. Why don't they? They fall don't in? go down. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the first one where I'm like, okay, uh, we'll we'll let it slide. But then later, when they're doing the fun little portal teleportation little puzzle games thing yep. they have, why didn't why nobody picked it up or like swat like swatted it with their sword? I don't know. Mm, Seems pretty yeah. obvious that the, anyway that happens to Darcy and 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 intern. And they are just, and they're standing, 
and then it happens to a couple of the dark elves and they're in the air and fall to the ground yeah Yeah. and so and sometimes it'll take you to another realm or another planet mm -hmm. like again it's explained in the fact that it's like okay everything's converging yeah so i i can get it but it is it's that convenience of like i would have rather seen darcy and intern be you know oh my we're in a totally new place yeah right like not, yeah. not just down the corner and around the street right so right. like i think they could have really played with that and and made it feel more dangerous yeah. but it is it's just a game because at the end of the day the red pillar to the sky <laughs> of stringy octopus tentacle nano things that's what's got to be you yeah. know coming out of malekith <laughs> that's in a cloud of smoky debris so we can't see what's going on. Right. That's what's scary. Yeah, yeah. So, speaking of that part, and the way he goes out is weird. We, you know, we have this kind of moment where Thor goes, and we, it's kind it's kind I'll give him that. It's been set up. Sure. It, you know, they've talked about mortals or, or just beings. Even Loki is like, think about what I could do. And Thor's like, no, it'd rip you apart. Yeah. And so... And but you know then I guess there's taught like they they supposedly created it which we can maybe even discern as a lie because these Infinity Stones have been there since the dawn of time and so who knows not me but Thor has this idea of I can destroy him I don't have to destroy the ether and he does that by uh, hitting him a bunch with his hammer yes and then he gets teleported and then the ship falls on him and that's it. Yeah, thank goodness for that ship. Yeah. And the which, teleporter. <laughs> yeah, which, how did the ship teleport back there? Because we just hear this little, like, meow. And I then it's gone. It's, I think it's implied that, like, Selvig pushed up, put, did the okay. did the thing. Yeah. Even still, it's it's one of it's those, again, it's a plot convenience because yeah. these portals have been taking things to different places, right? It's it's yeah. okay, we're taking off one of Malekith's arms and it's going over into this world and we're mm-hmm. taking the other one that's going over here and then he lands and he's not like right next to his arms, but then all of a sudden when the ship happens, it's got to be right above him so it can crush him. Did- and there's n- and there's no there's no effort made to like confirm, did we kill him this time? <laughs> yeah, well and then in the post credit scene they just have the ether. Yeah. As guardians just have it and are, it's in a tiny little rock. Where did it come from? Exactly. I don't know, but they got it. Yeah. It just hit me. Did Thor leave his hammer on him? Is that why he can't get up? I don't, ooh, I didn't maybe. Think he, I didn't think he did, but. I don't know. Should we pull it up real quick that and could, just rewatch? That could, uh, <laughs> that could be what happened? Yeah, well, because it looked like he just like electrified him real good in the chest for a second. Yeah, I definitely think he threw the hammer at him, and like, because to me, that's what like knocks him back, right? Yeah, he's been he's been hit with the with the two teleporting things. Mm-hmm. I think he hits him with the hammer, knocks him back into the base of the ship, and then he throws the final prod, whatever, yeah, whatever, it, whatever, was, yeah. whatever, square in the chest, and and at that point he gets teleported and. The ether is gone, so I, again, but the ether is not neither here or in the teleported place. It's just, I mean, again, it's but then there's more ether that's still in the still in somewhere the dark secret place, and yeah, it look, it's a fine action sequence. I don't think it's 
all that interesting to watch. They they do the little like teleport around for a while, and that that's kind of fun, but it's not really well implemented, I think. And then the ending does not feel conclusive, right? I'm, well, especially because Thor leaves off screen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like we're there. He's being cradled by Jane, mm-hmm. and then it's like a cut to the apartment. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like. Oh, where is everyone? They're just eating dinner. Well, it feels like at the end of the Avengers. <laughs> right? Yeah. Shorma, anyone? <laughs> right. But it's not a post credit scene. It's just part of the movie. And then we cut to Asgard, where Thor does his honorable, mm-hmm. I'm not actually going to be king. I'm not. It's not my role. All pretty good. And then it's revealed that Loki is, in fact, Odin. Another kind of out of nowhere. Right. Uh, <laughs> we do get a scene where... We don't see it specifically, but we hear the little transformation noise. Yeah. And we, then we see him turn into the Asgard guy he was before. Right. And then leave for the boat. Yep. And so. Yeah, I don't know. There's, There just wasn't anything set up that would have made me believe that Loki could have outsmarted Odin. Yeah. Like, that's well, one of those weird threads that's not really ever brought up, even in the future. There's just yeah. kind of a one line. It's just like, well, he put me here, and so I'm here now. Kind yeah. Of thing. And yeah. I don't know. Confirmation. It looks like... I, so I just rewatched it here a second ago. Pulled it up on his phone. I did. <laughs> it looks like... The, the power of modern technology. Right? It's Sorry. Nice. It looks like Thor just gets him real good in the chest. Okay. And then maybe when the portal goes, it takes off a couple limbs... So it looks like he is maybe regenerating because there's oh. there's ether coming out of him. Sure. On the dark world. Yeah. And then okay. The so the ship it, appears and it crashes. So the ether is there on the dark world. Yeah. That's probably why the Asgardians have it. Yeah. They're the only ones who have access to the dark world at right. this point. They're, so they're like, the only ones that have access to anywhere. It seems true. like <laughs> <laughs> no one else. No one else travels. It's just yeah. it's just Asgardians. Right. But. And Captain Marvel somewhere. Somewhere. She's floating around somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With her wild mohawk going That's on. right. That's right. And then we get, you kind of mentioned the, the post-credit scenes. Get some Guardians action a little bit. We get the, we, yeah, we get the introduced to the Collector. Mm-hmm. The, it, this scene was directed by James Gunn. Oh, cool. Alan Taylor saw it and was like, that was garbage. And, <laughs> and then he later apologized and was like, I just... I would think I was so frustrated well, about, the, upset, mo- about the movie that like I just wanted to make sure everyone knew that like that wasn't something I did. Yeah, but like it's but it's fine. So yeah, a little bit of a of a tease there for the Guardians, and then also don't worry, Thor comes back and, and kisses Jane at the end yeah. in the post post credit scene. Oh, I didn't watch that part. Yeah, happy <laughs> happy ending. They 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 have a smooch. Yeah, so. That means everything's going to be fine with I them guess forever. So, it's not like she'll disappear for what, 6 years? How long? Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> she must have gotten better at dating, I guess. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. She really did give Richard a call back or something. <laughs> whatever <laughs> his name, whatever his name was. Yeah. Okay. So, that's kind of Thor the Dark World. Yeah, I don't have anything else, man. How does this stack up to other movies of the year? Cuz last episode we talked about Iron Man 3 kind of it kind of ended up being like a meh yeah, for like the year. A little low, there's maybe. there's a lot of there's, you know. Yeah. There may not have been a ton of blockbusters this year, but there's a lot of good There like, were a there lot was of, some quality There were a lot content. of good movies. Yeah. Still. 
I mean, yeah, man. Did you see Mama? <laughs> Despicable Me too. <laughs> After Earth, oh my goodness, the list keeps getting better. It goes on and on. Now You See Me came out this year. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is Bottom Barrel, man. Yeah. Um, here, here's the thing that really sucks. I dig this movie. I like it a lot in terms of, like I said, the, the dialogue I think is good yeah. i like the i like the deliver i like the acting mm-hmm. i think the acting is really well done it's those technical things man yeah. it's the little things that they they saw in the screening room and thought eh, nobody will care it's fine and they just <laughs> shipped it yeah. you know and, and and i i think what it is i'm gonna get high and mighty do it as, yeah as much as that's you know whatever rather than me just not liking your movie, I I actually like lose respect yeah. for your movie if that happens because you made the choice to to say no, this is bad and we're doing it anyway. When you have the fun, maybe they did. I don't know. They weren't bought by Disney yet, so who knows? But when maybe you had the funds to to change the things, so you apparently did the research for it, so you could have thrown in a line somewhere to fix some of these issues. And yeah. Anyway, so this is probably like bottom. 25 percent you know yeah it, it was this one is a a bit of a disappointment because i do i would agree there's a lot in here that i like on paper and there's a lot in here that i'd like yeah but it's it's just executed not well and i and i the only thing i can come back to is i think it it has to do with the fact that there was just this disconnect between what was shot and how it was edited mm-hmm and very very rarely are films that are treated like that very rarely do they turn out well yeah and yeah for for as much as i love the production design for as much <laughs> as i love the second act and the idea of the dark elves um you know i think malekith is a pretty basic yeah boring batty the ether is an uninteresting it it's interesting in concept but mm-hmm. in execution it ends up being a pretty uninteresting power or force yeah basically it's, well it's, it's just used to they just throw things at thor yeah by the end like it's not used in combat in any interesting way but yeah like there's some good there's good dialogue there's good performances in here yeah you mentioned um you know chris hemsworth leagues better yeah, uh, Tom Hiddleston. I think he's. I think he also just gets a lot better. Jane, there's more interesting stuff for her to do. Yeah, and so yeah. she's better. Um, Even if it they, is just kind of follow and frigga around for yeah. a minute. Yeah, there, but there's there's interesting tension there because of here are two the two most important women in Thor's life. Right. Yeah, right. And yeah, we uh, we kind of even glossed over in our discussion like they're time on screen together is pretty short but it's it's pretty impactful yeah so yeah it i don't know it's a disappointment in that there's i think there's good stuff there it's just not put together correctly yeah Yeah. okay do you want to go first for uh for your ranking placement it's at the bottom i think it's it's so for me it's this and then Incredible Hulk is right above it. Yeah. And ter- I mean, not. I'm just saying in terms of bottom, second, and then, and then actually Thor is my third from the bottom at this point in the in our rankings. That will inevitably cha- inevitably change. But <laughs> yeah, again, 
kind of like Thor, it feels like it has this unique potential yeah. that just isn't quite realized. And maybe maybe that's just the thing with Thor. We'll yeah. talk about as we get it. He, Thor has four movies. Yeah. More movies than any Anybody other else. individual Avenger. And they are... Two of them are pretty well disliked. The, yeah. the first two are pretty well disliked, pretty universally. Yeah. And then the second two are very divisive. Yeah. You either love them or hate them. Yeah. I don't know. People are not vibing with Love and Thunder. Love and Thunder is, is, yeah. way, is way more universally disliked than Ragnarok. Yeah. But Ragnarok, I feel, it was like, oh, this is such a different tone. I love it. Or it's like, oh, I don't... <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand this tone shift. I hate it. Yeah, yeah. And we'll get into those when we get to them. But and, if you, and when we say tone shift, what we really mean is I don't understand Taika Waititi. What is happening? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it really pains me. I think if I was going on just like subjectivity alone, this would probably be right after Thor for me. Yeah. If it, if but man, I like I said, I for as much as as I dig the performances, as much as I dig. Everyone putting their whole self into these roles. I can't get over that they didn't. They didn't take the time to like flesh things out. Yeah. So yeah, this is this is one of those films that the not the film itself, but the characters, the actors, the franchise really benefits from being a part of this bigger story. It does because it yeah. it means they're gonna get a third, a, you know, a third chance at this. Mm-hmm. Whereas in any other production, it would just be done. Yeah, this would have been poorly received. It didn't make like it didn't make no money. It right. made six hundred forty-five million dollars. <laughs> That's not bad Which, money, if you remember, is more than Iron Man. Yeah, made. yeah, but it, but it was critically panned. Yeah, so it it means that they do get another chance to evolve and tell more stories. Which yeah. I I I don't I don't know I don't know if I hate or I love, but it's the world we live in. Yeah, so. there you go, man. Well, this was a this was a good talk. This is you know this uh, these ones that are received not as well. <laughs> I really dig our talks on these because you know we have hindsight. We know what was happening in the world at the time and like every and, and what was happening in Hollywood and and even just what was happening in production. Yeah, right. It like can, it can really give you some insight. I still am a little shocked at. I think what Captain America, Iron Man, and Avengers. Because we're up to, what, eight movies now? Yeah. Those three are only the really... Those are the ones we've only really had good things to say about. Yeah. And everything else has been pretty, like, hit or miss. We've had our personal favorites, but the ones that we've unanimously been like, yes, this is good, are really just those three. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll also say that, like, what I love about doing this podcast, it forces me to go beyond, like, a yeah, that was bad. Or yeah, that was that was really good. Mm-hmm. But like, really get into the oh, this this did have good performance. Like this, I really dig this this production design. Mm-hmm. But yada yada yada. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I appreciate that we're not just we're not just here to bag on movies that we don't like. Yeah, we're gonna investigate why did we like this? Why yeah. did we not like? What happened in these first and third acts that made us go WTF? And, oh, that was awesome. Yeah. During the second. Right. So, yeah. It's it's awesome. And we're here for all of them, good and bad. For sure. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. We have a little bit of a special surprise for next episode. After listening to these two mid-to-bad 
movies. We had a, we had some hot takes on Iron Man three that I think are not the typical from what yeah. you hear about that movie, but it's, well, especially with this one, we finally get the Winter Soldier next, which is one of the most highly regarded Marvel movies. Still, I'm ready to tear it down a notch. Yeah, right. No, and we are in talks, maybe. right? <laughs> That's all we do on here. Is, is we're just here to to. to Rip apart your childhood dreams. <laughs> I think you're uh, you're gonna tease something here. I am. Yeah, Ooh. we have a guest coming on, but we are having a little bit of an not an issue, but uh, trying to logistically make it happen. We are excited mm-hmm. about embracing the challenge of trying to do an interview with someone far, far away. Someone say in a galaxy far. No, no, no. It's not Mark <laughs> Hamill. Don't get your hopes up. It's not Mark Hamill, but. Right. We are very excited to uh, potentially have our first guest on next episode. Yeah, and he, we will say where he's from. Woohoo. And we look forward to seeing you again here on Deconstructing the MCU. See ya. This podcast might become unhinged real quick. <laughs> and we got extra right over here. Mm. Mm. I kind of want to smell it. Anyways. Oh. <laughs> <clears throat> this is now bar talk with. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh yeah, that. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is no, that the culprit? I, I, yeah. Okay. Absolutely, the Amarillo is the corp- co- culprit. Fantastic. Yeah. Cool. Okay. You know, you don't necessarily hire James Gunn or James Gunn. <laughs> hire. Oh my gosh, I can't remember his name right now. Josh Sweden. Nope. Who did Shane Black? You no. don't. <laughs> Sorry. You're Excuse fine. me. This is our second villain, uh, full of prosthetics to not care for the role they're playing yeah <laughs> maybe he and hugo even like get tea or something on right yeah there you go they just it. yeah <laughs> cool man yeah so, not even great. gonna not even gonna i don't even know his name it's not it's not yeah. listed here so <laughs> i don't know um for me though hello <laughs> we good we good we good the superman was trying to take off uh yeah the guy with an f name um Fan, 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 girl. Fan, fan girl, fan drill, yeah, fan drill. I think so. <laughs> um, that's kind of like uh, in one of the, I think in Fallout, the the uh, Mission Impossible yes. Fallout, when uh, Henry Cavill does this little the- bicep reload, same thing. It was an improvised scene that the director was like, "Hang on, can you keep doing that? Let's do that again? <laughs> yeah, right. But- Take two, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but what less?" Well received, less well received. Our, you might say he's across the pond. Ooh. He is uh, from the United Kingdom. We're not going to say where he's from. He's from the United Kingdom. Did I say that? Yeah. Did you not? I didn't think I did. Oh, maybe I missed hearing things. <laughs> Look, you're going to edit this, so am, yeah. you'll get to know if you said it. You can either edit it out or we'll do both. We'll do both. Yeah. So he is from the United Kingdom. So we're having uh, a little bit of logistical uh, things to figure out. Uh, we will probably have to have an early morning or a late night, or he is going to have to have an early morning or a late night. And if I didn't, uh, if I did say that, I'm not going to say where it's from. We just want to thank everyone again for listening, and we have a special guest next week. 